It's the TFIFT Podcast! IFT Podcast, Episode 7. White Papers. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Myself, Benjamin Bateman, Nietzsche Gorachevsky, Ron Millo and a couple of guests who join us. Yeah, I mean, it's a good starting place for them. Do, do, do we think it's a... The word white paper has been almost uh, diminished down to be, uh, how would you put it, worthless, maybe, for lack of a better word. I, you know, I remember, I, I remember when I first encountered the word or the term white paper, and it was um, when I ran an events company back in a long time ago. I won't name dates. I'm not going to give my age away. Uh, and I was dealing with telecom companies before the bubble, um, or rather before the bubble burst. And, you know, and I remember reading these, these white papers because what I was trying to do was sound intelligent when I tried to basically push a bunch of like events onto um, uh, tech, technologically advanced people uh, who knew a lot more than me about what was going on. And I remember that basically what, and this is what I thought back then, I thought that a white paper is basically a very highly technologically advanced um, write out of exactly what that particular technology does, can do, should do, and, and so forth. When I got into the blockchain space, I started reading a few of these white papers and I realized that most of them are read more like, uh, like, Something between like a marketing plan and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and just a basically um, a, just a projection of what somebody thinks should happen. Um, and really, um, Mita was was the only person who <clears throat> when, when he was writing a white paper and I was helping him, you know, with the language and stuff like that. I understood that this is a way to basically uh, tear away all the flesh all the uh, muscle and, and other tissue and uh, really uh, explain how the skeletal structure is supposed to work on which you then put the flesh on so that it functions. That's my understanding of what a white paper is supposed to be. What I've read um, to this date, um, it, it just doesn't seem like there's any um, uh, consensus as to what it should be. It, it, it seems like a lot of times just people write whatever the hell they want and then call it a white paper. That's my, you know, that's my knowledge of, of, of what I've seen. That's, you know, so maybe somebody can help me out and help me understand what is a white, what, what is a white paper supposed to look like? Well, I actually uh, had a, a vaguely similar experience a little while ago, probably going back about maybe six, 12 months. I was writing a white paper uh, for a uh, DeFi platform to you know, sort of give it a loose title. It, it was a freelance gig. It was a few hundred bucks worth of crypto and you know, a little bit of a stake in their thing they were doing. I thought, you know, why not get, get a white paper under my belt? It's the first one I wrote. Um, it was possibly the most painstaking process in my life. Um, there were the, the, without uh, the, talking too badly about anyone, and the, there, were, there was no sort of plan there. There was no technical details for me to work with. It was, as you say, Ron, um, they, they just wanted a hype document. Um, no, no, yeah. no, no way figures. to put it. Hype document. 
Yeah, and I, I spend the best part of the first two months working with these guys, just trying to get some solid information about it. You know, which chains are you going to be using? You know, what what smart contracts, what algorithm, anything. It was like squeezing, um, well, lemon from a tequila bottle. Yeah, it, it, it's just not forthcoming. I, mean, I like to mix my cliches. <laughs> no, 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 I know that, that that's actually a great metaphor. Usually you're trying to put the lime into the tequila. <laughs> trying to squeeze it back out is a little more difficult and painstaking, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have that song stuck in my head all bloody night now. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's your thoughts? I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear what Mita has to say because I'm interested in like how he sees it. Like I, I want, I want to like, like if I wanted to write a white paper and obviously having known me to long enough to know how he writes white papers, that's pretty much something I'll never be able to do as long as I live. Nevertheless, it would, it would, I, just, <clears throat> I, I do understand it as something that's supposed to be very technical. Am I right? If you do, what, like phrase the question. <laughs> so again, Are you doing something else for a second. So then? my, 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 uh, the, uh, a lot of the white papers that are out there really are, and that's a great way to put it, hype documents. And that's not what I thought a white paper is supposed to be. What I thought no, a white they, paper. Yeah, I totally agree. Like totally mm -hmm. agree. I mean, I mean, they're, they're definitely like um, there's a huge amount of marketing mixed into, which is kind of natural, I think, mixed into um, into all the layers of the whatever project it like it is, right? So, which people tend to think that if they do that, they kind of can raise more money or bring more attention to their project and so on and so forth. I, I, it of course, like there is one way to look at this, like a hype machine. Like if you can do the hype, then you should do the hype because attention is important. And it, in that respect, like the, I think, the man who is um, an upfront of this kind of way of thinking is is Elon Musk, right? Because like he's saying, <clears throat> forget about that. Here's a Dogecoin. <laughs> Buy it. Pay attention to the facts. Look at my meme. <laughs> exactly. 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 So and um, look at where it gets us. Uh, in the end. So there is one one way to think about that, and another way to think about that is is the mm, intrinsic value, like go with intrinsic value, and over the long term, the intrinsic value would always win. Like the project that has this value, um, you know, they will always win on the long run. Uh, so here you have, like, I think both of them are important. But when we talk about white paper, I think we're talking about description of the intrinsic value of the project, like the, the, the you know, the technical stuff and the, the underlying philosophy. So I'm not saying that it should be very, it may not be, it should be fun. It can be fun, but it, I don't think it should be a marketing document. If you want to create a marketing document on top of white paper or like near white paper, uh, around white paper, you know, you can do that. Though, personally, I don't like projects who market themselves. And by the way, Dogecoin, if we're talking about Dogecoin, Dogecoin never really marketed itself. It's, um, it's, it's a fun 
token with a fun philosophy behind it. And uh, that's why it's been picked up as the fun subject a lot. And that's how it's got attention, right? Well, so. I mean, no way that I'm going tangenting. Uh, the, the main thing with Dogecoin is it does what it says on the tin. It's a famous marketing outline we have here in the UK. Um, it doesn't pull any punches. You can send it, you can receive it. It's cheap and it's fast, isn't it? So I know, why wouldn't people love it in the kind of uh, low attention economy we're in? Sorry, I'm not holding Dogecoin, by the way. That's not a shill. <laughs> by the way, I apologize. I'm going to excuse myself for two minutes just so everybody knows, just in case. I have to. I'll be right back. So, do, do you think there's a space in the space for light papers then? Would you describe that more where the marketing side of things should be, Major? I, I think so, definitely. Like, if you want to explain something to someone with a, you know, mm, when when you, you want someone to buy your token, which I don't think you should want someone to buy your token, but it's life. So, so people do like their token to be bought. And if you want to do something like that, if you want like, I think if you want users to use your project, let's describe it this way, then um, I think it's, yeah, it's understandable. You will write something like white paper or whatever marketing material, right? I'm personally not a big fan of that. But I mean, I think that that's kind of what social media and the uh, the original website should be for. You know, uh, if you're looking at a white paper, it should really delve into the more technical aspects for those looking for those details. Have well, you got any? I, I think that I, like personally, like when when I see the project which has like real um, some real technical um, depth in it going to like blah blah tweets and all kinds of stuff like that over i don't know posting posting cats on the instagram um don't you think that they're degrade somewhat from you know their message in a way like of course if that's if if, if their message is not like a message of a dogecoin which is to make fun of a, of a cryptocurrency of a bitcoin Right. If, if your message is something else, then I think your marketing communication of that message should somehow be aligned with this, with a, with a, with a, it, it's like, you can, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, per, I, I have a bit of a personal anecdote in that um, I have a friend who's a, a Magento developer, which may mean more to you than most, Mija. Uh, very, very old school uh, JavaScript kind of plugin side of things, as I understand it. Um, and I've been trying to drag him kicking and screaming into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for best part of 18 months, two years. Uh, it must have been, I mean, his timing couldn't have been better. Around about December, January, he finally caved and came aboard the crypto train by buying a load of Dogecoin to literally wind me up um his basic thinking was like i'm gonna buy the most simple basic cryptocurrency i can just just to say to ben yeah i'm in the crypto you know i've got this but the the kind of longer term picture is you know what once he'd had his fun and games you know oh, dodge this dodge that 
Um, he kind of went through a digibyte stage until he discovered the slightly right-wing leanings of um, some of the audience there. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, so please edit that out if that's uh, not appropriate to say, yeah, Freedom House people. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and not that I'm a long-haired left-wing hippie myself, but, you know, um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, Jared something. He does have some uh, extreme opinions. Uh, but yeah, so my, my friend kind of evolved through these stages and now he is so close on the cusp of joining, uh, you know, some, some more serious technological projects, which is you know, the, the, the kind of what, what we're aiming for here, isn't it? Chuck, what do you think? Yeah, well, I did have some experience in, in helping a project write their white paper. So we basically treated it as a huge, very detailed, uh, frequently asked questions um, FAQ stuff. So uh, we th that's how we handled it, like from top to bottom, explaining everything. And then uh, actually uh, we hired an editor, a professional journalist uh, who went through the whole thing. And it was huge. It was like, I don't know, 50 pages maybe. And uh, later, when the project went live, uh, everybody commented that, yeah, it was actually quite a good white paper because it did explain everything in great detail without obviously going into programming techniques and stuff like that. So two so, questions. Yeah, it really... Up, sorry. But yeah, first question. Really, yeah. Okay. Do you think it needed the 50 pages? And B, have you got some bubble wrap or are you making popcorn in the background, maybe? <laughs> There's a kind of pop popping <laughs> sound coming through. Influences. Well, I mean, I mean, the English and the Russians, uh, if there's one thing we have in common, then it's certainly our love for alcohol, isn't it? Oh, uh, I, what was it? The, one of the facts I read the other day, you may be able to confirm this one of you guys. In Up until 2011, <laughs> beer and lager was considered a soft drink out there. Am I mixing Fair. facts? Am I no. No, that, that's yeah, yeah, yes. No, yes, no, yes. for customs purposes, yes. For customs purposes, it was. Oh, yes. for customs, right? Because, because, yeah. So you you can import because when you come in, when you fly from other countries, you're allowed to bring a certain amount of. Alcohol. No, wrong. It, no, it was yeah. not because of that. It was okay. because of corruption, obviously. I don't agree with you there at all. <laughs> obviously, it's the corruption. Yeah, uh, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck is 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 a lover of obviously. It, that's not obvious at all. <laughs> that would be like the same reason why I can't bring real garlic into the United States. I mean, we can call that corruption, but I think it's what, more why, than why you can't bring Yeah, you say that yeah. like it's common knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I also say it like I'm like I'm a garlic smuggler. <laughs> they, they are so bigoted about their types of garlic out there. Yeah, no, they, they, you can't bring any food into the United States. Like uh, from international travel, you can't. Oh, I, no, I thought they have something against the <laughs> I once no 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 I once had a candy bar uh and the uh, no US I think that's Cust different <laughs> yeah the US customs officer asked me like what is that I'm sorry this is a candy bar and is it not allowed he said no no it's okay you can go well then <laughs> it's food <laughs> we've dispelled with, with the whole no I mean you, you literally you can't I mean I tried to bring in like uh caviar and, no no uh, yeah that, those things no yeah, I, I used to have you an. You can't even bring an apple, but I mean a candy bar is. You know, so. I, I had an. Yeah, I, I, I once had a black caviar from Russia, and I it, I didn't like I didn't think it wasn't illegal then. 
and I put it in the in the suitcase and just drop it in the you know uh, um, luggage in the airport. And when I took this in Frankfurt out of the luggage, the the suitcase the the caviar wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magic, magic, very, magic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> baggage handlers with some fancy <laughs> crackers having it. So, so I always thought that basically what a what a white paper is like a like we all know that like business plans nowadays are a thing of the past, but to me, a white paper is sort of like a, like the back office or um, the, the technological side of what a real business plan is that explains everything from zero to Z in, in. Yep. yep. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because business plan is describing the business model of a project and, uh, and, you know, the back office, I mean, like the technological end of the business. There is no such thing. Like the business plan is the business plan. The business plan, first of all, even VC are not taking business plans anymore. So it's completely passe because everything you write in the business plan will not be, <laughs> will not happen. So like it's a, it's a, it's a paper of a fantasist that will never happen. And even today, like today's investors are no longer, you know, usually want that. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware of that. And that, that so, was my so point. If, so, so the, the, like the, Saying that white paper is a business plan is definitely, I think, incorrect. It's also, when we talk about blockchain and the white paper on the blockchain, right, remember that it's not exactly the project. It's not exactly the project that should have a business model, that should have a team, that should have a... Like, and I understand that we see now coming to the blockchain space and they want that. Like because they, that's what they used to have all the time. <laughs> so they want that, but I think, and maybe that's not the, like we cannot cover that today, but I think um, the blockchain projects are completely different from the normal, I would say company or a project that you usually, you usually fund, right? And particularly, well, there are some that might, like if you have a, just a project on the blockchain, some token or whatever on the blockchain, then it's closer to the business. But if you talk about layer one blockchain, then it's very, or any kind of protocol, then I think it's a very different um, proposition and very different kind of, hmm, um, you know, it's not a business, okay? And I don't think you should view it as a business, bottom line. Well, there are different white papers for different things. So for layer one, I totally agree with Nitya that you don't really need to talk about business, but there are white papers for like very specific uh, projects and there. Don't call not. them white papers. I don't think they should be called, called white papers. Yeah, no, the light paper should, should be that. Uh, I mean, that, that seemed to me. Yeah, uh, you can do the business plan, totally. the project description, whatever, but why you should call it white paper? Right. We've just got uh, Noam joined us uh, for, from the uh, community. Noam, are you there? Can you hear me, buddy? Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hey, man. So, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you're pretty deep into the conversation. You missed all our fun and games earlier. Um, but, yeah, what, what do you feel about cryptocurrency white papers? Uh, have you got any uh, thought, thoughts you want to add to it? Do you, do you think um, that they should be technical documents? Do you think the marketing and hype in some of them is justified nowadays? 
I think one of the things I enjoyed about the original tone paper that it didn't assume pretty much any knowledge about anything, which was totally fun. You could just read through with, I think, minimal practical knowledge. Um, Is that a joke? All 200 pages with <laughs> yeah. formulas? No, I didn't, I didn't read it. I, I didn't mean that it was, um, it was easy. I meant that it didn't require a lot of prior knowledge. I agree. It, it didn't cross link to many other, uh, you know, blockchain research or, or, or technical research. Um, it just tried to try to build everything from scratch. And I think this is maybe a good thing for a white paper, but a very bad thing for the oh, project. <laughs> I, I agree strongly with you there, buddy. See, um, I, like I say, I've said a couple of times, I, I've come from a kind of scientific background, biology, where I've had to write uh, several kind of you know, dissertation style science papers. And it's all about referencing, isn't it? And you, you don't want to bore people who are already down the rabbit hole with a bunch of stuff they already know when you can just leave an asterisk to the pre-existing yeah. reason. More than that, I think it's it's an inventing the wheel also went a lot there. So like, because um, there is a lot of prior research that has been done uh, and, and it should have should have been in, be included. And the fact that it didn't actually, I don't think it's adds you know, a lot of value, actually. Like, that's what, that's my thinking. That's actually also a good point. Like, should, <clears throat> should a white paper be boring? Or should it be, see, so boring where, where do we draw the line? Or where boring do we... to whom? It's a well, very see, subjective. Right, so where do you draw the line between, like, so we, we have, on the one end of the spectrum, we have uh, marketing baloney, right? On, on the one extreme. On the other extreme, we just have a hugely technical paper that um, can bore anybody who's not deep in the technology to death. So where does a perfect white paper fit, fit in? I mean, I know the, um, the, the easy answer is in the middle, but what, what, what's the consistency here? Like what, what really makes a good white paper? Is it, is it just a combination of the two? Is it something in between or is there some um, other formula? I, I think for me, like there are very few white papers which, which are standing out. For me, it, it should be elegant and it should be kind of short. <laughs> it it should not be three hundred pages. I don't. A bit like think. a podcast, possibly. <laughs> yeah, maybe something like that. Which, by the way, it's yeah. I was going to say I was segueing you <laughs> nicely there, buddy. Just so you met in the Telegram group. Yeah, guys, I have to go. Um, thanks a lot for being here please like uh, uh, what sorry have you got telegram up as well on your machine there i do sorry i've uh, linked a couple of white papers in there so like i said uh, I, I kind of titled the show the good the bad and the ugly in oh, white papers coin and uh... yeah so uh, we'll we'll skip the good bitcoin and ethereum you know i think we, okay. we all know they're pretty solid ones uh, but yeah, I wanted to uh, just have a look at these without naming them because uh, you know, I, don't, I don't particularly want to be... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that part out. Yeah, but I just thought uh, we could have a little bit of a giggle toward the end and uh, okay, scan right. through scan, scan, not scam. That Freudian slip there again. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, I'll just say no on the links if you want to uh, start maybe having a little 
look see there. All right. Um, so uh, let's see. I see. <clears throat> Since I can't name them, okay. I see. I see two. Correct. Yeah, there, there, there's two. So uh, again, no, no real game. I, ju I just thought one of them was pretty ugly, and the other one was uh, just just plain bad, really. Okay, all right. uh, I'm I'm looking at the one <coughs> that had something flying. Yeah, had, all right. So yeah, we've got the first one up here, like a little uh, wizardy-looking fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at that one. Uh, Am I reading it out loud, or what are we doing? Well, there was no real pletsan. Pletsan. <laughs> I'm such a terrible drinker. Um, a set plan was what I tried to say. Right. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I thought mean, from yeah. a graphics perspective, I guess it's good. I I don't know if it's great. If it's a great idea to, and again, uh, with me to not here being, you know, I I don't know <clears throat> what <sighs> graphics I mean, around a white paper. Like, I mean, just you know, just tell the people what it is. Right. Yeah. But okay. You know, you want to market it that my, <clears throat> as somebody who just came to look at it, the first um, instinctual reaction that I have is you're trying to sell, sell me something. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was the first thing that put me off with it. I, I don't know if Chuck and Noam, you've got this uh, same site up in front of us, but you can obviously see they've tried to incorporate very subtly the green and red trading candles into their main logo, which for me, I mean, that, that, that's a red flag and a half, isn't it? Um, and, 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 and then it warns me, it warns me, it tells me that we're, we're trying to make this easy for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, thanks for calling me an idiot. Although in this case, that would be correct. Um, then I look and it, it's, God, it's, uh, here we go, right? It's got a little rocket ship and a, a really good graphic designer worked on it. I don't like it right away because right away, it looks like a marketing piece. That's like, that's my first clue is it's a marketing piece. Why couldn't you just... Again, I'm going to go back to my ex my ex only experience with helping write a white paper, which was with Mita. I'm not going to say what project it was for, but it was it was a little lengthy, um, <laughs> and, and it was complicated. But it was just a black and white document. But what was in it, right? What was in it? It's like it's like a good book, right? Mm. You pick up a book because why? Because it's got you know illustrations and it, whatever, and and it's a shitty book. But you pick up a book that's old and it's got, you know, dust all over it and <laughs> you're captured right at the first paragraph. It's like the difference between reading Tom Sawyer and reading about some, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I was just going to, I was going to pick some kind of pop culture bullshit that we listen to all day, you know, like, and, and you can, you, you, you can pretty it up all you want. You can have a great cover and blah, blah, blah. But you know, when you're into like page three and you just want to hang yourself. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter how much marketing is behind it. It's a it's a bad book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, any, so any, this, white, any this white paper which looks like a children's book from the offset, it's just yeah. I know, it's got to be kind of a, a bit of a flag to everyone here. I mean, yeah. no, um, uh, have you got the link? I just sent you on Telegram. So, good books usually are not in uh, PDF. I hate that all white papers and papers in general in PDF. You can't read PDF on mobile. Damn it. Uh, uh, well, yeah. 
Oh, sorry, but anyway, yeah, try, try to bring you on this. But well, what do you think makes a good book then? Uh, speak, speaking uh, to, the, to the author here, or the wannabe author who's been published once in an anthology, but has big dreams. Is that a question to me? Uh, a question to anyone who wants to take it. Really. You know, I mean, again, I, I, you know, the best books I've ever read are all books that are like uh, written by people who aren't alive anymore. I mean, I just that's just a fact for me. You know, I, I call me classical, call me conservative, call me, call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, but there are certain books that as soon as you start reading them, that's it. You're hooked. You know, it's 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 like that. It's that heroin or whatever. It's that, you know, crystal meth, you know, that just draws you and you're never going to put it down. Right. And and of course, I have to give uh, respect to books that actually start out horribly. Um, and a lot of them are classics as well. And it isn't until you you overcome yourself and your natural hesitancy and you get somewhere to the middle and you realize, wow. I'm so glad that I tortured myself, <laughs> you know? See, uh, what you're saying there, American Psycho for me is literally that. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar, Brett Easton, LACT. I know like, about America. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, reading the book is literally like the author is trying to torture you. He's, he's te teasing you to throw the book down. You have five 10-page descriptions of business cards and uh, Phil Collins album tracks. Yeah. It, it's like a, a sense of tedium almost. Yeah, he, he's trying that. to tell it, tell it to you from the mind of a psych, somebody with psychopathy. Uh, yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, it reminds me of Dostoevsky. <laughs> ah, Which is a very hard read. Uh, very hard read, but you it's something that if you don't read, you, you literally miss out on a big part of life oh, but, no. oh that, that's a challenge then i'm gonna it is it is a challenge and and, and 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 he's and he's very divisive I, we're not gonna get I, i'm not trying to get off on a, on a book <laughs> tangent but he's very divisive there are people who just love him people just hate him and that's mm -hmm. and that's and there's no nothing in between <clears throat> but there's no questioning his genius at the same <laughs> time so if we take that and apply it to the white paper concept What's, what's the best approach? To me, I think the best approach, at least something I'm going to be interested in and actually read, unfortunately, is still going to be the, you know, um, the, the shiny thing to the uh, magpie, right? Um, not in terms of marketing, not in terms of marketing, but in terms of the language that's being used so that I can read it, understand it, and it, and, and it captures me. But with that, make it a dusty old book because I I personally will not pick up something that has, you know, flashing lights. Yeah. I, amen. Amen. I don't know if Chuck, Noam, you agree with that? Um, I agree that it should, uh, it should look like a good book. I really like that analogy. Um, I think that like in a good book, when you want to appeal to your, to your reader, you want to, you want, you want to, to make him understand, I think, um, why the problem exists. First, you need to, to show that there is a problem. And then you need, you don't, you shouldn't write it like a technical manual, you know? It shouldn't um, be like a car, owner, a car owner's manual. That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, good, good, good analogy. I like that. Uh, Chuck, are you That's still- That's good. That is good. Like you don't want, yeah. Who, who wants to read the car owner's manual? 
right? Yeah, I mean, you want instructional walkthroughs that anyone can understand. They can be full of all the and that, and that goes to what Mitya was saying, which actually makes sense because if you do want to operate your vehicle, you want all the disclaimers, all of the you know uh, bureaucracy out of it. Like you know, don't stick your hand in the socket is something that I don't want to have in that paper because I don't want it geared to the idiot. I you know I get it. I'm not supposed to stick my hand in the socket. And if I don't know that by now, maybe I shouldn't even be reading. Maybe I should be in a rubber suit. But <laughs> right. But but the point is just just can you make it simple for me can you just make it where like you know I, I get a piece of furniture i want to put it together you want to give me 300 pages to read that thing's getting put together off my own whim i'm going to try to figure it out myself before i try reading that crap they are i'm tangenting completely but uh I, I remember reading once uh in my microwave instruction manual i was very bored that day just in case you were wondering um, but there was a, a line in the microwave instruction manual that said do not microwave live animals and <laughs> this, this for me led to this light bulb of what, why do they need to warn people not to microwave live animals? Because the, an old lady did just that with her cat. Boom, you, you've read the story. The manufacturer, and you know, America is the land of lawyers. And the same thing happened in Starbucks, and now they put they they put uh, the label that is someone so, microwaved a Starbucks employee. <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't that it's because it's because legal precedent and yeah and because most of these laws are, and most of these kinds of things are actually written by a bunch of very highly paid lawyers who have little to do except for making your life a little bit more difficult with each turn because it's predicated on the idiot as, a, as opposed to the opposite so every idiot that does something wrong is now a statistic that needs to be included because god forbid somebody's going to sue somebody and that's why it is a significant that. animal microwaving. In comes from common English common law, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started on English common law. Uh, it's illegal to die in the houses of parliament still to this day. <laughs> it's illegal to swear in Wyoming between certain times or something like that. Oh, God, we're, we're having a game of one-upsmanship. But um, Mississippi, uh, I don't know if it's the state or the city, um, sex toys are illegal. They had a sex toy amnesty. Yeah, and, and, and something about spitting in, in certain directions. In fact, uh, I believe it is still considered a felony in certain states if you spit within a certain distance of another human being, because theoretically, you could be passing a disease to them. My, my other half has just walked in right as I've started mentioning sex toys, and you've started uh, talking about <laughs> spitting, Ron. So uh, how's that for context for <laughs> you? <laughs> Right, so um, yeah, time's getting away. Uh, we had one more white paper example. I just wanted to, uh, I'll read you through it just for the sake of, uh, this was my bad example. Um, you have, so this big front page, which looks like uh, an advertisement for a car shop, almost like a, a pimp my ride kind of thing. Um, the logo is a moon emoji, a rocket. So I don't know. Is that just me? That that's an automatic uh, Jesus. What, what are you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, it's an automatic Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> A bright pink moon rocket as well. Yeah, um, it's yeah, right. an automatic Jesus, and it sucks. I, I don't um, get. I don't I, like it. Page two, we have about twelve words. One of which is love. Three of which are community. 
Um, <laughs> and the tokenomics was possibly my favorite section. Now, again, obviously, cryptocurrency, we're all used to dealing with some quite large numbers. Um, but feel free to leave your mics on for uh, gut reactions to some of these figures, guys. So wall wallet breakdown. Upon launch, we have a pre-launch of 200 trillion tokens. That's just the initial pre-sale. Wait, 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 what? To, to 200 trillion tokens. Why All the right. hell would you do that? All right. I mean, that's, that's the end of that. It's right. supposed to be like 10? <laughs> Does someone want to keep count for me here? Because that's just item one on their roadmap agenda. Maybe, uh, so maybe they don't up, have... Well, I just picked up a book written by a circus clown about how to <laughs> properly... Uh, um, uh, uh, determine quantum entanglement. Yeah, I, I think I'm done. Read by a <laughs> I'm done. From London or something like that. <laughs> Ojo the clown. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm done community. right at that point. And right at that point, you know, and and right at that point, I understand why they need the flying man. I understand <laughs> why they need that that brilliant. Like, I mean, they must have spent thousands of thousands of dollars on the graphics i mean whoever did the whoever did the design work yeah you know I mean, they, they got paid they they, they oh, yeah. they're laughing all the way to the bank right? very sort of snakeskin shiny beautiful mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah like almost a, like a like like a microphone uh I mean, yeah i get how many, it. how many hours do you think they debated the shade of pink Right? I think I think that the graphic the, the smartest person, the smartest person who did this white paper is the graphic designer. <laughs> Are you singing along in the background there, buddy? Uh, no, uh, my friend there, I'll mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were saying wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that, that's it. I mean, uh, you know, like this is a um, uh, this should be something like on Fiverr. Uh, uh, with somebody, <laughs> with somebody saying, "This is the design work I do," and that guy is going to make a lot more money than the people who wrote this white paper. Of course, that's not true because there's enough people out there that will buy into this crap uh, and actually and actually treat this like it's something that's serious. <laughs> and by the way, I haven't read it yet. Which somebody would say, "Okay, so you're you're judging a book you haven't read." Yeah, I am <laughs> because you said how many trillions of tokens? Okay, you're an effing idiot. And I'm done. Yeah. I mean, if it, well, like I say, uh, so I'll, I'll read these figures and then uh, off the back of what you said on Fiverr there, I've got a nice anecdotal Bitcoin related story for you just to finish up on. So pre-launch 200 trillion tokens. Charity, whatever their charity DeFi aspect is, 100 trillion. Their burn supply. So they have a supply of tokens to burn, which I mean... That's like printing stamps to, to stick on your nutsack. Wait, 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 no stamps. Yeah, well, what's something. the point in that? Um, and then, <laughs> so for their LP or AMM side of things, you've got 110 trillion tokens. So what are we up to? 800 trillion tokens? Are you sure Another? it's not just a joke? Uh, no, I promise you, they said this is not uh, a joke. No. This is a, uh, I put air quotes, real project. Uh, 100 trillion tokens for the community, 99 trillion tokens for the team. Uh, mod? I know what they're doing. Trillion. I know. I figured it out. Mm. They see the inflation of the dollar. They see the national debt of the, <laughs> of the dollar. And they said, why the hell change what works? <laughs> 
Like and I just say, you know, let's just inflate it from the beginning, <laughs> and then it will never have to go down, and we never have to overplay. We'll never, we'll never have to do what they do. We never have to. It, 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 right away, there's enough circulation and supply to make sure that every token we have is worth like a micro fraction, like a nano fraction of a of a dollar. <laughs> and this way, we can never go wrong. <laughs> No, so if you want to buy like a, if you want to buy a Snickers bar, all you need is six trillion tokens, <laughs> and you're right, you're right in Venezuela territory, and everything's good. Yeah. That's right, racing Venezuela. Maybe, awesome. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can't. You, you can't transfer, uh, you know, half a token. It's like that we have um, nine, uh, you know, nine decimal places. You can you can move nano tokens, nanotones. Maybe there you can't move nano, whatever it is. And this is just, you know, there's... <laughs> you are such a positive person. <laughs> so optimistic. Like, maybe they're not bad guys. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they're not stupid. Maybe they, they're just trying to be really nice to everyone right. and not have them have to do I mean, I mean, it's I pretty know. hard to get to that stupidity. <laughs> unless, unless, unless they believe that... You know, with more tokens, it's worth more money. And then, you know, yeah, perhaps they're open. No and that makes them sixth graders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I mean, you've segued me up so nicely here for a little finishing story. You'll like this one, guys. So um, going back about four or five years ago, there was a man on Fiverr. I think he was from a, a little city in England called Leeds. Now, he'd set up a, a little Fiverr. Oh, have you? Oh, unlucky. Unlucky. I joke. I've never been to Leeds, sadly. Or not. Um, but so this man was up there and he had an account on Fiverr where he would produce a little video with his face and whatever script you put in front of him for the grand princely sum of about 10 to 15 pounds, depending on the length of the video. Okay, so all fair and well, you'd think, yeah, a bit of fun. I'll, I'll record some videos, put my face to some crap. This guy recorded a video for something called the Brit system. Now, um, are you guys... Uh, the Brits or Brit? The Brit. So the, the, the British Brit. Uh-huh. You, you most likely saw a pop-up for it back in the day. It was so ubiquitous as a pop-up scam thing everywhere. So you had this guy, and he, he wasn't a bad guy. He was just... He wasn't very bright at all, bless him. Um, and he did this video like hey get rich quick with bitcoin you know look at me i'm barry from venezuela whatever um look at my big yacht obviously with a green screen like uh, like uh, like almost like a like uh, like a uh, what do you call it uh, a pyramid scheme kind of yeah the, the type of one where the the if you try to read the rather than watch the video the page is like 40 miles long and it keeps telling you i'm gonna tell you how to do it any minute <laughs>